The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Um, today we are in part six of our series, Victory. If you are joining us today for the very first time, um, you are welcome. You are joining us right in the middle of a series that um, uh, most likely will be a 12-part series. And today is part six. Part one, we looked at the principle of the objective. And part two, we looked at the principle of offensive. And part three, we looked at the principle of mass. Part four, we looked at the principle of maneuver. Part five, last week, we looked at the principle of intelligence. And today, by God's grace, we'll be looking at the principle of security. Our text is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter 5, 8. The word of God says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Everyone says, stay alert. Stand firm. Those are, that's God's instructions for you and I. Stay alert. Stand firm. Every top military general focuses not only on success, but on survival. Success is one thing, survival is another. Gaining grounds is one thing, maintaining grounds is another. So once you have achieved an objective, you spend the rest of your enemy defending the territory. It could be a job. Once you achieve the objective, you've gotten the job. Guess what? There are other people that are hoping that you will not show up at work so that they can take that job. But they will hope in vain. In Jesus' name. Now, you have to maintain the territory. It could be um, um, marriage. You know, you are now married. Guess what? There are other men eyeing your Babe, you need to protect your territory. And there are other little Mrs. Potiphar's hiding your man. You need to protect your territory. Praise the name of the Lord. It could be weight gain, weight loss. You've achieved a milestone. During the fast, you lost considerable amount of weight. Apart from the spiritual grounds that you gained. You need to Protect that territory, otherwise you become again. So you need to, every ground you gain in every area of your life. So the principle of security simply states that never permit the enemy to acquire an unexpected advantage. Cover your basis. Cover your basis. Never permit the enemy to acquire an unexpected advantage. Cover your basis. So say to your neighbor, cover your basis, my brother. Cover your basis. 
Great military generals never allow themselves to get complacent. Never, ever. As we've been learning from historical warfare, we'll continue to cite such examples today. In 1579, the Battle of Quebec in Canada, North America, the French had control of the fortress of Quebec. And from the fortress, they controlled the territory. In fact, they, they've had 150 years of domination in that part of North America. But interestingly, like we, we saw last week um, with Tengis Chan, the, the, the French did not cover their, their rear. They didn't cover their bases. Why? Because behind the, the, the fort of Quebec was, was the mountain, and the mountain was too steep and always too cold, but particularly too steep for any army to climb. But there was an Indian native that went to the British and said to the British, oh, you know, we know a path, you know, through that same steep mountain. And the British general matched every single person in his army, man after man, up the path. All day, all week. Until they quietly climbed the plain of Abraham. And they set themselves in array. And the French had no knowledge of it. In the morning, they struck the French from behind. And in 10 minutes, the two generals, French generals, were killed. The French army was in this array. And an advantage of 150 years was lost in 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Why? Because they did not cover their basis. What are you taking for granted in your marriage? What are you taking for granted in your business? What are you taking for granted in your health? What are you taking for granted? Cover your basis. Always protect your flanks. To be successful in security, you must understand that victory and defeat are always possible. You see, unfortunately, because we are Christians and we are seated with Jesus in the heavenly places, we think defeat is not possible. In this life, on this earth, if you take things for granted, defeat is possible. But you will not be defeated in Jesus' name, I pray. Which is why we are having this teaching. Always know that victory is possible and so is defeat. Some businessman, Bernard Baruch, wrote, he said, when business is good, people believe it will always be good. That's the manager. When business is poor, people believe it will always be poor. That's human nature. And the guy says, neither is correct. When business is good, always know that business can be poor. So, plan for the good 
and plan for the bad. Plan for the best and plan for the worst. Many times we plan for the best, but we wish the worst away. We don't, want, we don't even want to wish, up, wish it. If it comes to our mind, we say, I reject that in Jesus' name very quickly. But that's not what, how God wants us to respond. God wants us to be pragmatic and think. Things are going on well. God says, fantastic. But guess what? Plan. But when things will not go as smoothly. Things are not going smoothly. God is saying, don't worry. It's going to expire. Also plan for when things begin to change and go on well. Why? Because many people are destroyed by sudden breakthrough that they are not ready for. Sudden promotion that they are not ready for. Then they begin to think, oh, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to marry a second wife. I need to get a third wife. I need to, you know, and they begin to behave like rascals. Why? Because they did not plan for the best. God wants us to plan for the best and plan for the worst. In second, third John 1, 2, third John 1, 2, um, the word of God says that, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Now, this brings about three key areas that God wants us to do well in. The first one, he says, I wish that you are prospering. So God wants you to prosper. God wants me to prosper. You need to get that in your mind. Sometimes that is the shift that needs to happen. Sometimes a lot of people, we are not sure that God wants us to prosper. I, I know how that feels because I used to struggle with that feeling. I wasn't totally convinced. There was still something nagging in me that maybe God doesn't want me to prosper. Guess what I did? I sat down and I put it to death. Mentally. I got all the books I can get. I read it. I read them all. I got all the messages I can get. I soaked them in until I stopped thinking like that anymore. I stopped thinking like that. God wants me to prosper. God wants you to prosper. You must embrace it. God wants you to be in health. God wants me to be healthy. God wants you to be healthy. God wants you to be spiritual. God wants you to be spiritually sound and spiritually strong. God wants me to be spiritually sound and strong. You must embrace it. However, in these three areas, you must ask the three key security questions which many people shy away from. But you and I, you must leave this place stronger than you came in here. Because you must ask yourself this Three key security questions. They may make you uncomfortable, I can assure you that. Of that. But as you go through the process, you actually become stronger. Question number one. Look at this area. Prospering? Is it financially? Is it in my relationships? In whatever area? In my health? In my spiritual work? Question number one. What is the worst possible thing that could ever happen in this area? 
Uh, some say, oh, no, 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 Pastor, that's not our portion. No, yes, it's not your portion. Think about it. What is the worst possible thing that can ever happen in my finances, in this marriage, in my health, in spiritually, what is the worst possible thing that can ever happen? Cover your business, which is the next question. Next question is, what can be done to make sure it never happens? What can be done to make sure this never happens? What can be done to make sure this never happens? What pathway down that hill must I block or station men or sentries and sentry guns so that if anybody shows up, it gets roasted? What must be done to make sure that this never happens. Then question number three. How do I respond? If I haven't done all, it still happens. How do I respond? Rehearse your response. Go through it. Rehearse it. I was listening to... um, Dr. Miles Moro, late Dr. Miles Moro, some time ago, and he asked a question that, you know, boggled my mind. He said, he said, what is that one thing that if it happens, it can throw your life off balance? He says, for him, is to lose his wife and his and his and his children. He says, he says, but he knows that he may never recover if he loses his wife and his children. He says, so he he stepped back and he has attended their funeral. I was like, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. He said he went through the, all the emotions. He played it out. And he chose how he will respond. How we will not curse God. How we will still believe God. I was like, this is too strong for me at the time. But I had to do it. Think. Why? That is why people, when things happen, people begin to curse God. They begin to do stuff. Like Job said, his wife said to him, you are still maintaining your integrity. Curse God and die. This God that cannot protect your children, that cannot prosper you, that cannot make you healthy. What are you still doing going to church? Every time Sunday, 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 you are carrying your bag, you are going to church. Are you the one that killed Jesus? This Jesus that cannot give you a job, that cannot give you a wife, that cannot give you a husband. Tell the devil to shut up. One of the things that helps us build resistance is you have to be ready. Don't be caught napping. There's no way you can be 100% ready, of course. But you must have done proper scenario planning. So, Think about it. In financially, God wants me to prosper. I know that. So, what can possibly go wrong? I'll give you a personal example. What can possibly go wrong in my finances? What is the post- worst possible thing that could happen? It's bankruptcy. It's not. It's it's getting to zero. I have thought about it, and you should too. So question, 
What can be done to make sure it never happens? I have thought about it and I have them in place. To be, to be sure that I never borrow again in my life. The pastor tell us, I've told you already. In tribe, thinking clearly about your finances. Those five things that I shared. If you do them, you shouldn't ever get to zero. Never. In fact, you keep going forward. Praise the name of the Lord. For instance, tithing. He said, God, I will rebuke the devourers for your sake. The things that can take you to zero, I will take care of them. Saving, for instance. It's a, only a foolish man that eats everything he ends. Only a foolish man does that. Saving. Where were you five years ago? Where are you today? Savings wise. Have I consumed everything? And I listed other things. You can get the CD or download the message for free. It will help you. But okay, Pastor, even after you've tithed, you are are saving, you have a saving culture. You've done all those five things that that were listed in thinking clearly about your finances. What, how do you respond if it still happens? I have an answer to that also. What's the answer? It's personal. You can use it, of course. Is If, for some reason, let's add the Christian word, God forbid, that that ever happens to me, I have friends that will make sure that my family never suffers. I do. Do you? Jesus said, Jesus said, make for your friends for yourself, friends that will, that will take you in when you have financial disaster. That's what Jesus said. I have people that will make sure that my wife and daughter never suffers if something were to happen to me. Or I, 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 I'm totally financially broke. I do. More than one. Do you? How do you find such people? Should I tell you how? You want to know? You be such a person. For some people. There are people today that they know it. They don't need to pray and fast. They know that if something happens to me, pastor, this man, we don't allow my family to suffer. They know that. And they, are, and, they are, and they are correct. What you sow is what you reap. That's how life works. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So I have gone through all this for every area of my life. I, it's, it's tough, but you have to do it. Take your health. Ask the hard questions. Take 
seek your spiritual work. Ask the hard questions. Spiritual work. What is the worst possible thing that can happen? Backsliding. What can I do to make sure I never backslide? I have it in place. <laughs> I have it. What if after all, you still backslide? I have it in place. Ready to be launched. What is it? I have people in my life that will set me straight if that happens. Do you? Do you have such people in your life? These hard questions. And they guarantee your security. Praise the name of the Lord. Life, they say, is not a bed of roses. Ask Job. If you use the devotional, yesterday, I mean, you should be using the devotional. We, we shared a story of a man called Aritheos Parford. And Aritheos Parford was a multimillionaire. Used to live in Chicago in the 19th century. 19th, 17th century. Well, some century. And not only was he tithing faithfully, he was supporting D.L. Moody's ministry, he was building orphanages, he was doing so many good things. But the great Chicago fire cancelled all his wealth because it wasn't too real estate. The great Chicago fire, he lost everything in it. That same year, this man, he had four girls, one boy. That same year, his only son died. Two years after, I know some of you are beginning to say, I reject that. It's a story. Just follow this story. First story. Two years after, his wife and four daughters were going to Europe on, vac- on a vacation on a ship. And the ship capsized. And only the wife survived. And she sent him that famous telegraph. Save alone. All is lost. What shall I do? And the man lost everything practically. Took the next ship to Europe to go and console his wife. When he got to the spot, the sailor said to him, it's on this spot that that boat capsized. In other words, we are sitting right now on the grave of your four children. Imagine the agony that he felt. And he sat down and he wrote that song. When peace like a river attended my way. When sorrows like seas billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say. It is well, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul, it is well, it is well, it is well with my
makes a man go through that much pain and he still knows that God is faithful, that God never fails? What makes a man go through that much agony? Because he realized that every attack on his prosperity was an attack on his faith. I wish that you prosper and be in health so that just as your soul prospers. Every attack on his wealth was an attack on his relationship with God. Every attack on his health was an attack on his relationship with God. That's why Job's wife said to him, You've lost your prosperity. You've lost your wealth. You have lost your health. And you are still holding on to your relationship with God. Curse God and die. So that I can marry another man. Jenny had that. That was my imagination. Because how, what is, what is, why is she telling him that? It was useless to her. But Job refused. I pray that you refuse to curse God. I pray that you refuse to let your faith shake. I pray that you stand strong in your faith all the days of your life. Excellent leaders practice crisis anticipation and scenario planning. You must learn to practice crisis anticipation and scenario planning. If this, then that. If this, then that. Else this, then that. <laughs> it's like programming, isn't it? <laughs> you should always be mentally prepared for any setback. You should always be prepared. Why? Because the enemy is thinking day and night about taking away your advantage. So you must be thinking at least a step ahead of the enemy. The enemy is thinking day and night. How do I get this girl? How do I get this man? How do I... He's thinking, he's strategizing for you. You must not be sleeping. You must also be strategizing for him. How do I frustrate his plans? Because his plans will be frustrated. So the need for security is one of the deepest needs we have. Needs we have. And once our security is threatened, <laughs> that issue now preoccupies our minds. It's like we, we are not able to do anything else. Take someone that has just been promoted three times at work in one year. How confident he will be and how much spring he will have to his step, which is fine. And he bounces to work and he, 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 he hears from a little bird and the little bird says, oh, they are downsizing, oh, 50% of the staff are going to be sacked. What will happen to him? Immediately, he will begin to worry. Am I part of the 50%? We begin to dust the CV. We begin to say, maybe I should begin to apply for another job. Because his financial security is threatened. He can't do anything else until he gets that off his mind. 
or someone that just goes to the doctor for a normal medical checkup. It's feeling fine. It's not feeling sick. It's just okay. And the doctor just runs the stuff they do. And the doctor shouts and says, Ah, did you walk here or did they carry you here? The physical security of that person is being threatened. Guess what happens? The strongest people usually begin to sweat. Why? Because all of a sudden, your physical security is being threatened. Imagine, after I go to the ruling service, as powerful as, as they are, you got home, anointed, fired up, and you enter your house, all windows are shut, all the doors were locked, and you see three bats waiting for you in your room. Three bats, and they are flying. Shh. <laughs> Immediately, you will call your house fellowship leader. Immediately, you look for the anointing oil. Okay, where is even the anointing oil that we brought from? <laughs> from the Christian. You will spring into action. Why? Because your spiritual security is being threatened. And that is how we are wired as human beings. We need to secure our basis. And God wants you to secure your basis. So to have proper security... You must do four things. I will close from that. But please take note of these four things. Number one, to have proper security, I must prevent surprises from my own forces. You must prevent surprises from internal forces. You know the story of the Oba of Lagos that we shared last, last week? Classic example. You must prevent surprises from the people around you. You know, we didn't have time first service to talk about it. Neither did we have time last week when we talked about intelligence to just talk about the people around you. But let me just mention them quickly. There are four people around you, four types of people around you. You have your confidence. Your confidence are for you. You don't know much about your vision. In fact, they may not even believe everything you believe. But they are committed to you as a person. They are the ones that are there when you are down and out. They are the ones that give you a, a listening ear when the world shuts theirs against you. Your confidence. They are your most precious possession on earth. Apart from the Holy Spirit, your confidence. Number two, I said there were four, right? You have your constituents. Your constituents are not necessarily for you, but they are for what you are for. They are for what you are for. You know, politicians understand that very well. There are no permanent enemies, there are no permanent friends, just permanent. Uh, Interest. They are for what you are for. When what you are for changes the jump ship, the mistake a lot of people make is think a constituent is a confidant. It's usually disastrous what happens when you take a, conf- a constituent as a confidant. They will, they will 
throw you under the bus without even thinking. They'll sell you for five pieces of silver. Because, um, number one is what? Confidence. Number two is what? Constituent. Number three is your comrades. Your comrades, they are not necessarily for you. They are not for what you are for. They are against what you are against. They are against what you are against. So, um, people usually erroneously marry their comrades because you, there's something both of you are fighting together. You know, when they are not young, you know, uh, maybe come from humble backgrounds, they are fighting poverty together. Or maybe one person is sick and one person has a strong faith. They are fighting the illness together. But the problem is that when poverty goes and God blesses them with money, there's nothing else to fight. So they face themselves. Or the sickness goes and, you know, so that's the danger of marrying uh, your uh, comrade. So you have your Confidence, your constituent, your comrades. And number four, you have the conspirators. The people around you that are not for you, they are not for what you are for. They are not against what you are against. They are against you. In fact, all they are thinking about is how to get an advantage over you. Let's say you have an office. All they are thinking about is how they will look sitting on your seat. That's all they're thinking about. And some of us, those are closest people. It shows you how, they, how I mean, unsafe a lot of lives are. So prevent surprises from your own forces. Number two, word of enemy invasion. We spend a lot of time on that, so we're just going to go to number three. Number two, word of enemy invasion. Number three, deny information to the enemy. Deny information to the enemy. Make sure there's no leakage, information leakage of your life that seeps to the enemy. If any information seeps from your life to the enemy, make sure it's the false information. You know, first worship experience, the lady looked at me that ah, Pastor, we now don't be lying. Now you try to teach us how to lie. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not lying. You're in a war situation. I remember one time um, with some midweek service, and someone asked that if 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 a um, if someone comes to your house and with a gun, and you know, and takes um, the money and they're about to go and you have a daughter upstairs and they're about to go and one of them says, oh, they want to rape somebody today and they ask you, do you have any women in this house? I say, Pastor, what do I say? I say, are you a mumu? <laughs> There's only one answer to that question. There are no women in this house. Say, Pastor, are, are you not lying? No, that's not lying. I mean, guys, is that lying? 
not lying. No, 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 no. That's not lying. To a thief. So that, and be ready to give your life for that of your daughter. Because if they eventually find out that she's there, just say to them, you have to kill me first. That's not lying. And that's not a license for those of you that lie. And say, hey, hey, you see, Pastor, say it's not lying. <laughs> no. You need to draw the line. They came to, was it last week? They came to Elijah, Elisha. They said, we are looking for that prophet that leaks our secrets. We want to kill him. What did Elisha say? He said, he's not here. That prophet, I've heard about him. He's a rascal. Let me take you to where he is. It was Elisha. But he said, he's not the one. And it was not a lie. <sighs> but that's different from you are filing tax returns. And you are saying, oh, okay, I'm changing the figures because I want to. That would be a lie. Is that clear? Okay. Number four. Men. Your freedom of action. So, number one, prevent surprises from your own forces. Number two, ward off enemy invasion. Number three, deny information to the enemy. Number four, maintain freedom of action. You see, you are only as free as the options you have. Never forget that. You are only as free and as secured as the options you have. So what, what are you saying, Pastor? You are only as free as your well-developed alternative to whatever you are doing today. What are you doing today? You are only as free as your well-developed alternative to whatever you are doing today. So you need to sit down and come up with a well-developed alternative to whatever you are doing today. Why? Because one of your most important life strategies should be the systematic development of options. Financially, in, in, in a lot of areas. <laughs> Not all areas, as you, as you will see. What are my options? What are my options? What are my options? In soccer... Ask anyone. Talk again, yes, I know. A team over the period of a season, largely, is only as strong as its bench. A team is only as strong as the options available to that team. Every leader knows that, should know that. What are my options? You must have options. However, listen to this. The most secured places in God does not provide us with options. That's just the interesting thing. The most secured places in God does not provide us with options. The most secured places in God does not provide us with options. 
They don't. Marriage, for instance. Your marriage is one of your most secured fortress. A three-court fold, the Bible says, is not easily broken. Your home is your fortress of protection. But God has not provided us with options in the marriage. Once you are married, you are married. No plan B. But pastor, what if my wife cannot do this? I need to have options. No, you, you, there are no options. <laughs> the most secure places in God don't provide us with options. Some people say, oh, pastor, what if my wife cannot have a, a female child? I want a female child. She's just a born boy, 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 boy. Boys don't take care of their fathers when they are old. Only girls. Should I have options? No options. Keep going. Maybe number six will be a girl. Which is what happened to my mom, my mom's case. They were determined to get a girl. God said, child, these people will be born 50. <laughs> let's give them, let's give them the girl. <laughs> some, for some people, it's a male child. I want a boy. So, pastor, what are my options? You have only one option. That woman that you are married. What if we are trusting God for the throne? We don't even have children. What are our options? Ask Abraham. The option he took, Israel is still suffering till today. In fact, the world is still suffering. So you're saying, what if we don't have children? Trust God. None will be barren in the land. The most secure places in God don't, don't provide us with options. What if, what if my, 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 my husband doesn't have money? As funny as that sounds, for some women, that's a major issue. In fact, I've seen a woman that walked out of her, on her husband because he was struggling financially. No options. You stick with him. What if my wife is not beautiful again? What if she doesn't know how to perform? That is coded. In fact, teenagers got it faster than... I see some teenagers like, Pastor, I'm trying to code something from you and you're figuring it out. What if that is the case? That's your portion. No options. The most secured places in God does not provide us with options. Another example is your calling. The gift and the callings of God, they are without repentance. Some people really don't understand that. They think I can continue to mess around and it means nothing will happen. No, it means God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't give you options. That's what it means primarily. It doesn't give you options. If God has called you, he has called you. I was, I was giving an assignment to one of the ministers and, and one of them said to me, uh, Pastor, this assignment is, is hard. 
Can I be a Jonah? And I said to him, for every Jonah, there's a whale. For every Jonah, there's a whale. If God has called you to do something and you don't do it, God will do everything possible to bring you to your knees. I can tell you stories, my own stories upon stories. For me, I've chosen to go the easy one. And say you want me to, eh, no problem. I will do it. Why? Because God doesn't change his mind. He's not, he's not making things up as we go. He has already said, this is what you will do and that is what you will do. You are most secured in the center of God's will for your life. You don't choose many things when it comes to God. No, I will choose this. Oh, I will choose that. Oh, I will choose this. If you be choosing there, you're wasting your time. Oh, I want to be an evangelist today. Oh, I want to be a prophet tomorrow. No, 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 no. It's not for you to choose. But guess what? It is right at that center. That is your most secured place, even though there are no options. Jesus says, the man that lays his hands on the plow and still looking for options is not fit for the kingdom of God. Lays his hands on the plow and still looking for options. Still looking for options. Not fit. Not fit. The callings of God, I say to my colleagues in the um, office, church office, I say to them, we don't have a job. We have a calling. Two different things. So we respond to our responsibilities as a calling. Can't even begin to unpack that here. Another example, the safest, safest place, the most secure place in the whole of the universe, or universes, or multiverses, is heaven. That's the most secure place. And heaven doesn't provide us with options. Second so the first question we experience that heaven is not for everybody. Yes, Jesus is for everybody. Yeah, yeah, Jesus is for everybody. But heaven is not. Why? Because God has said there is only one way to heaven. No options. Even to this most secure place, can there be only one way? No options. I remember my, my earthly father sat me down. You know, we used to have um, philosophical discussions. And he was saying to me, he didn't know better at the time, that, you see, for me, Heaven is like a market. I was like, yes, daddy. It says, a market has different entrances. You can enter through Ifa or Orumila. Or all these people that are saying, Jesus, hey, he's a good man. Or, and he was breaking it down for me as I understood it. And that was what I believed. That was what I embraced, even though I was going to church. But, by the time you read John 14, 6, I saw my father was wrong. Jesus said, 
the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. There are no options to the most secured places in God. I did a research some time ago, which I've shared several here, and well, yeah, in church, on, on the world major religions. Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, Christianity. In Hinduism, Krishna says that the truth is a very elusive thing. He says to, to, to even gain access to the truth, you, you have to chant Krishna, Krishna, Rama, Rama, Krishna, Krishna, Rama, Rama, Krishna, Krishna, Rama, 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 Rama. And maybe, maybe you get a glimpse. But like a butterfly, the truth can fly away. That was what Krishna said. Google it. It's in the public domain. Judaism, their key figure was Moses. Is Moses. And Moses said, Another prophet in Deuteronomy will come after me. Him should you obey. We were talking about Jesus. In Buddhism, Buddha on his deathbed, he said, I am still in search for the truth. On his deathbed. In Islam, Muhammad said, I am a prophet. I am just a prophet. Pointing to the truth. I'm not arguing if it's right or wrong, but that was what he said. I'm just a prophet pointing to the truth. That was what Mohammed said. But Jesus showed up and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus there's no one else in history that laid claim to it. He says, I am the only way. The most secure places in God don't have options. You may be struggling with Jesus this morning. You may have embraced multilateral access to God like, like, like I did. Handed down by my father. Or you may have been with Jesus and, and, and you've, you've gone back to the world and you see that your life is not safe. But the word of God says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. I want to pray with you today. I say, Pastor, that is me. I want to come to Jesus. I want to embrace the security of God for eternity. Oh, I used to be with Jesus, but I've backslid in. I've gotten back to the world. I need to come back to Christ. I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. Wherever you are seated, you're saying, Pastor, that is me. I don't need to come forward. Wherever you're seated, put up your hand now over your head, and I'll pray with you. Quickly, that is me. Pray with me. Quickly, over your head. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Put up that hand. That is me. That is me. God, God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Another, another man there. God bless you, my brother. Over there. That is me. Jesus. 
Jesus, Jesus, you are the only way I'm surrendering to you. God bless you. Right there, God bless you, my brother. Right there, God bless you. That is me. I'm surrendering to him. That is, God bless you, my sister. Right here in front. God bless you. I can see your hand. Once you have the card, you can put out that hand and cry to God. God bless you. Right there. God bless you, my sister. Right here in front. God bless you. Just cry to him. Cry to him. Jesus. 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 Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. The rest of us, I don't know the area that is occurring to you that you need to cover your bases. I don't know that area that is occurring to you that you need to cover your bases. I don't know that area that is occurring to you right now that you need to cover your bases. Why don't you talk to God about it? Why don't you talk to God about it? If you have the card, say, Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge you alone as the truth, the way, and the life. I come to you and I come to the Father through you. Have mercy upon me. Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendered to you. According to your word, have mercy. Everyone online that is surrendered to you, Lord, have mercy in the name of Jesus. We pray for everyone that has heard this word that the enemy will not have an advantage over us. That you will empower us to cover our bases, O God of heaven, and your name will be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen.